Well, from the White House to your house, we want to say uh, Happy Thanksgiving. It's been a great year, and the year's not over yet. But I just want you to let God arise in your life and just allow him to do what he wants to do because he's got something great and he's got something special. In the past three weeks, we've been going after the monsters that devastates our life many times in the journey as we follow the Lord. We enjoyed a wonderful Sunday school class as, as our pastor taught from the book of James. The battle really doesn't begin in life until you surrender to Jesus. And when Jesus knows he's, he's losing the battle with your life, the battle begins. And it's not a battle, the Bible says, against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. How many besides a pastor, you've gone through a rough time, and you say, well, it's not the deal, it's just the principle of it. Well, how about this? It's not the deal, it's just the principle of it. Well, I tell you what, whether it's a principle or not, it's scriptural. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. And then it capitalizes and puts the icing on the cake for us. God gives us the ability to cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the plan of God. He gives you the ability to take under captivity every thought if it doesn't obey the word. He gives you the ability. He's not going to take that ability from you. He gives us the ability to take authority. And can I tell you this morning, this is the gateway to your spirit man. And you have the key. You can keep that gate closed. And you can keep the enemy from trespassing on you. Or you can leave it open. And, and the more you listen to the enemy, the more angry you're going to become. The more you listen to the voice of the enemy, the more cantankerous you're going to become and after a while you'll just lose sight of the, the goodness of God and his mercy that endures forever because you've opened the gate to the adversary he says be sober be vigilant it means take it easy take it serious the enemy's real yeah. two boys were talking one day and they said you know uh, do you believe there's a devil and uh, the other boy says I don't think there's a devil I think it's just like Santa Claus it's your dad That's better for Father's Day than it is for Thanksgiving, I know. But Before we look to the message this morning, uh, God has honored Sherry and I uh, in many ways. It's an awesome privilege to stand behind this podium today and realize that 40 years has came and gone this past month, and we're still standing here looking at some of the most awesome people that ever walked planet Earth. You stood by our side when things were good, and you stood by our side when things weren't so good. You cried with us when we cried, and our hearts have been broken, our dreams have been shattered, and you've laughed at with us and at us, and we've had a great time. You know, don't ever laugh at somebody if you can't laugh with them when the laugh reverses to you. But always lace it and be scriptural about it. A merry heart does good like a medicine, so every time you're laughing, you're cheating the doctor out of a doctor's call. Right. I've been so blessed. I've cheated him many times. But we've been so blessed. We raised three children, and then we, we were privileged to raise three more. Or they raised us one. I'm not sure. We've just been raised. And it's good. You ever thought about the dough that you make for homemade bread? If it never raised, it'd be pretty flat, wouldn't it? Well, the last 12 years have been real raising for us. 
Last night, we, we went to the uh, auditorium at Sealing, and we happened to have the queen of Miss Sealing in our congregation this morning. And she just happens to be our granddaughter. Would you stand this morning? How many would, li- how many would vote to, uh, that she sang next Sunday morning? A special. All right. We're giving her a week's notice. Matt, I'll buy your guest to come back. She always sings better when you're here, Matthew. But isn't God good? I think Jared's counted there was four out of the six contestants that claimed either The Rock or Elm Grove was their home. You need to give yourself a hand. Somebody's doing something right, and it's the Holy Spirit using you to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're moving on into the, minute, the message this morning. The clock says 11.25, and, and I see Jared now. He's, he's taking the battery out of it, so we've got some time. Aren't you glad for a good associate pastors this morning? I'm glad that I have a pastor. I'm, I'm glad to have somebody I felt, feel like if uh, I needed some counseling or if I needed, if I get a little out of line, I'm glad I have somebody I can trust to say, Pastor, let's pray about that. Not every pastor is blessed like the pastor at Elm Grove, but we've had a hilarious time and the journey, and we're going to finish strong. And everybody said, yeah. Amen. Amen. We've, the past four weeks, counting to the Sunday, we've, we've been going after the monster. and We've been mashing that, that monster because the Bible says that Satan's head will be bruised under your heel shortly. Yes. I want everybody to say that shortly. shortly. Sooner, if not quicker. And it's an awesome thing to realize that the Lord has created all of us as more than conquerors. So no, no matter what comes our way, uh, we are more than conquerors. You need to see yourself not as a victim, but as a victor. Let me say that again. Nobody heard that. Craig, where are you? You always amen me. You need to always see yourself as coming through as a winner. How's that? You, you need to see yourself. So many people have such a low self-esteem. So many people are wrestling with the thought that I'm not, I'm a nobody. Listen, Jesus died on the cross for you, and if you've accepted the plan of salvation, you're a somebody, and you're not home yet. You're on, you're on a journey, and you're about home. Until we get home, we're going to have a great time serving the Lord because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So you are somebody, and you've got a destination, and it's not Chester. It's, a, it's heaven. Yes. Chester's next to heaven. It may be the first heaven. I'm not sure. But there's different layers of heaven. Until we get there, we're going to call that home, all right? We mashed the monster of comparison three weeks ago. The enemy that many times gets you into the, the trick of trying to compare yourself with somebody that has more talents than you, than you have, that can sing better than you can sing, that has a better job, that drives a better car, that has more money, that goes places you can't go. And the enemy tries to, he works on everybody trying to compare your somebody, yourself with somebody that you're not. But let me just break some shocking news to you this morning. Every one of you are on the endangered species list. There's only one of you, and so you need to take good care of you. And then there's some news that doesn't really promote joy, but it's true, and anything that's true is worth sharing. 
gravity, no matter how you work on this old house, is always going to win. So when you look in the mirror each morning, don't get discouraged because you see what you see because I'm telling you, after 77 years, gravity's taking a toll on me today. But it's a great journey. And until he sucks me down into that hole about four or six foot deep, I'm going to keep giving life fits. Two weeks ago, we, we went after the monster. We mashed him called apathy. And I enjoyed, I'm still remembering some of the words that pastor spoke to us. Why do we live so close to the gate of hell and yet don't want to go there? Boy, I've never forgotten that. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I went home and shined my shoes after that. <laughs> Why do we want to live so close to hell? People. There are so many people that want to be a follower of Jesus, but they want to get so close. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. Oh, there's some gray areas there. No, if it's not right, it's absolutely. Thank you, Craig. I got one, one amen from Craig or wrong. Listen, listen, this, this is serious business today. One, we don't come to his house just to be just to feel good we are we come to god's house to be challenged we come to be loved on we come to share the love of jesus we come to eat we come to rejoice and we come to sing and shout and it's all right if you want to dance about because god really doesn't care just get involved last sunday we mashed the monster of fear Second Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And God is in, enveloped in each one of you. And He wants to, even if you're in the dark room this morning, He wants to develop you into an individual that you can look at the fear in the eye and say the same thing that the psalmist David said in chapter 23 I will fear no evil. For not, God has not given me the spirit of fear. And this morning, our last morning, uh, fighting and mashing the monster is the monster of ungratefulness. I want you just to uh, forget a moment th this word. I want you to forget the word Democrat. And I want you to forget the word Republican. Because I don't, I don't like politics, and I sure don't like politics in the church. You know, with me, politics stinks. Because I see people with strong personalities get in other people's face and they call them liars. They call them cheaters. They call them every kind of numbers, every kind of name there is. I hate politics. I haven't heard this year, I don't know if I've heard 10 sentences of praise and adoration from one party to the other because it's called politics. But I watched a few weeks ago a gentleman, a wife, and two children that was, was uh, getting ready to accept the appointee of a Supreme Court judge. And, you know, I wasn't looking at the political end. I was just looking at the reaction of Judge Kavanaugh as he was attacked by American people. I didn't, it didn't matter to me. You know, I don't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I just want to see how you act when the fire is uh, burning. I just want to see you, uh, how you act when things aren't going your way. I just want to see what your reaction is when life isn't fair. 
And I saw what looks like an awesome man dismantled by fellow Americans, people that call America their home. And I, I heard things come against that man that I had never heard before. And I don't mind telling you, it took a toll on my spirit. I became angry. And today in politics, I'm so glad it's not like Jesus. You're guilty until proven innocent. Thank you for the. I say your head... I see your head, Craig. You just keep nodding. It's getting real quiet. I don't get many quiet moments. I enjoy quietness. But you know, I listened to the, one, the testimony of his little girl one night after he, her daddy had been bashed by American politics. And she says, Daddy, don't you think we should pray for the woman? I don't know whether it was a Sunday school teacher or maybe at Powerhouse Kids. I don't know where she got it, but I'm telling you, that little gal rose high in my book because she knew what to do when things weren't going good at the Kavanaugh house. And may we, as we continue to process life, not take so much what the, uh, the lettering is over the door of the church, but are they preaching the truth? Are they really preaching God's word? Or am I hearing the truth? Or am I just hearing something that will make me feel good? Listen, the church is the greatest weapon that we have against the enemy today. The church is the church that's rising and to live in triumph. And we're headed for heaven. Until we get there, we've got to do everything we can to get some more people to go with us. Because the price has been paid, the ticket is yours. It's yours for the asking. And all you have to do is ask Jesus to become your best friend. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. He'll not only do that, he'll write your name in the book of life. And if you'll be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ one day, and you'll do what the word says. He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You won't face life's burden and, and bumps in the road with an ungrateful heart. But you'll learn to master the monster that tries to destroy your testimony every day. The master monster we're after this morning is ungratefulness. I wonder this morning if you're like me, you're just kind of fed up with negativity. Man, just a fresh air, just a fresh breath. And you know, today complaining is almost an art. And we're living in some of the hours that the Bible calls as peerless times that we would face before the trumpet sounds. And you know, there are even people I believe that would wrestle with you today. They think arguing is a spiritual gift. Well... Let me just meddle a little bit, and then we're going to read the message, okay? It's funny to go into a fast food restaurant. You walk up, and somebody serves you. Somebody else cooks your food and brings it to you. It takes three and a half minutes. And I've heard more than one time in a fast food restaurant, wonder what it's taking them so long. 
can't believe it takes that long to make a hamburger. Well, maybe there was 20 people ahead of us. Maybe there was something that, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it was beyond their control. There are people that drive nice cars up to nice homes, and they push a button, and the door opens. And they drive that nice car into a, a protected environment. They close the door. They push the button. But they can still complain. And this blame car uses too much gas. I wonder who bought the car. Moving on. Remember, it's Thanksgiving season, so just act like you're enjoying it, whether you are or not. We walk into a controlled environment with air condition. We open the refrigerators full of food, and we hear this complaint. There ain't nothing in there to eat. We turn the television on. There's 1,200 stations to choose from, and we say, complain, there's nothing here to watch. We go to the closet. We touch 23 dress shirts, 15 pairs of slacks, and say, I ain't got nothing to wear. Yes, we're getting around to it. We're going to mash the monster of complaining. Just give me a little more time, will you? I'm amazing. It's amazing how blessed we can be, and yet ungrateful we become as Christians. That is why with everything in me I pursue to have a heart of gratitude because attitude, gratitude is, a, is an act of gratitude. And if you'll go to Matthew chapter 5, there's 10 Beatitudes. Is there 10 or 12? 10. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed, which means happy, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And may we ask, who's hungry? And all the while, our spirit man is going, oi, 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 oi. You're feminizing me. You're taking good care of the body, but boy, your spirit's getting me the best of you. Oi, 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 oi. I don't know who put it on my phone, but at least every hour says you need to eat some spiritual groceries that you can grow stronger in Jesus. And that comes on many times a day. That's why I'm doing my best along with a smartphone to continue to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude, everything in me, everything I'm pursuing, I want to have a grateful heart because God owes me nothing. Can I say this? Life offered, owed me nothing, but they opened the door of opportunity. And I became what I am today because God seen to it that there was a door open. And there was another door open, an opportunity to do what God wanted me to do and an opportunity to do what the enemy wanted me to do. And then I come across the scripture that says, choose this day who you're going to serve. Oh, somebody help me there. I want somebody else to make that choice. Then if it's wrong, I can complain. Moving on. <laughs> Gratitude, many experts say, is a value that unlocks many other values. Gratitude makes you generous, and, and gratitude makes you encouraging, and gratitude makes you thankful. And gratitude is the key that unlocks so many qualities of life that everybody wants to be around a person who's grateful. 
that God has made them who they are and they're using it to the best of their ability. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, we see a description of some lepers who encountered Jesus and we see actually a a tragedy, a lack of gratitude that's recorded in the Bible. It's found in Luke. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was walking by the village, he saw ten men who had leprosy. They stood at a distance, and they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. If you read the Old Testament, Leviticus Leviticus chapter 13 teaches us what a leper had to do. I want everybody to listen to this because it's a replica of the life that we live when we're needing help and becoming, allowing Jesus to be Lord of our life. A leper had to tear his or her clothes so that people would see from a distance that they had leprosy. They closed their mouth so they wouldn't infect anybody. Oh, that would be powerful. They had to have their hair look bad And I don't know why they did that. That comes ordinary. Then they always had to cry out, unclean, I'm unclean, when anyone else was approaching. A leper was so full of rejection. On top of that, their body was literally oozing with sores. You can only imagine the devastation for years of a leper who had no intimacy with anybody, not even a hug from the lady or the husband that had taken them for better, for worse. So when they could see Jesus, they understand, they've heard through, through the voice of those that would tell the story that Jesus could perform miracles. So when Jesus enters into their, their territory, they're focused on the man of Galilee. You see, they lived in Samaria because Samaria was a place where prostitutes and people of low self-esteem lived. It was a place where you went when your reputation was shot and there was no hope of another reputation be built. It was at Samaria where the woman that had been married five times met Jesus at the well called Samaria and he says, go get your husband. I want to talk to him too. And she says, I have no husband. And Jesus filled in the blank by saying he knew she lived in Samaria. He said, I know you've been married five times, but the man you're living with, you're not married to. Can I tell you, Jesus took a nobody from Samaria and made a missionary out of this lady. And she went back to town and she gathered up folks. And she says, I want you to go to the well. There's somebody I've never met before, but I want you to follow me. I want you to go to the well. He's going to tell you things that you don't know. He even knows about you. And he's going to show up and he's going to show you things you need to know. And then you're going to find out Jews never have anything to do with Samaritans. But he's talking to me. And I know if he's talked to me, he'll talk to you. Can you imagine the courage that she had when she went to town that day? Everybody knew she was a prostitute. Everybody knew who she offered her body to. She, was, she didn't make it a, a secret. She, people could tell by the way she dressed. She was open for business. And yet, Jesus didn't take note of what he saw. He looked beyond her faults and he saw her needs. Just like he treats you and I today. He's always looking over my faults. He's always looking past my faults and he looks upon my needs. And he's here to bind up brokenhearted people this morning and set at liberty those that are held in captivity. 
In verse 14 of the, of the chapter that I'm reading from today, when Jesus saw the ten lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And when they went to the priest, the Bible says they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, ran to Jesus, fell on his, at his feet, and began to praise the Lord. How many did that? How many did that? Did, how many received the miracle? All ten of them. Why would this be printed in the Bible? Why would we need to be reminded that a grateful heart is an expression to Jesus for the glorious power and the miracles that he can pour, perform in our life every day? The man threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him, and he too was a Samaritan. Let's point some things out. Because it would really be odd. It was an odd day when a Samaritan would interact with a Jewish person. Can I say this? Jesus doesn't care that we're Gentiles today. He died on the cross for everyone. He came to his own. He came to the Jewish people. Let me show you how fair Jesus is. He came to his own, the Jewish people, and they did not receive him. Today, for the most part, the Jewish people are still looking for a Messiah. The Bible says he came to his own, and his own received him not. So he, he came to the Gentiles, and we could liken Gentiles of you and I as we were nobodies. We could be called Samaritans in the eyes of the religious folks if they wanted to call us that because we came from sin, the unclean gutter of sin. And our, we, our lives were sin-stained no matter how we lived until Jesus came into our life. Yes, all ten were healed, but I wondered about the question that Jesus might have had that day. Where are the nine? Just where could those nine be? Uh, they looked like you when they, they met the priest. They, they acted like you when they cried out unclean. They did everything that you did. What happened? Can I say today, the cares of life are one of the greatest enemies of our walk with the Lord, the cares of life, the cares. And, you know, I, I can say this after 50, almost 55 years of ministry, church attendance has almost became an option. If it's convenient, it's okay. I'm not talking to you. I'm just rattling about the world that's not here this morning. All right, don't take me. You're here. I'm telling you, you're here. Say, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, come on. See, if you're here this morning and not there, if you got your phone turned off, let me hear you one more time say, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, man, Jesus, that was good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I ask you to help me this morning, Jesus, and you're doing that. In the next few moments, I'm going to show you three statements I believe can help all of us adopt and put in our heart something that will help us to choose gratitude. The first one, if you're taking notes, I know every good thing comes from the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. And I hear this quite often. Well, I'm just a self-made man. Well, you're borrowing breath that you breathe every time you breathe in from the Lord. I just inhaled something Jesus gave to me. And yet I hear the name of our God used as a swear word with a very breath. And, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not God. There would be a lot more people in, in, in the cemetery today if I was God. Why would you take that name in vain? 
I know every good and perfect thing, everything that works out. I don't take the credit for it. He gets the credit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Psalms 103. Bless his holy name. And you know what? When you give him all the praise, you get all the benefits. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to close with that in about 30 more minutes. Hallelujah. I just feel so good this morning. Now, you may say, but I've worked hard for where I'm at. I, I earned my education. I, I, I corrected some, some things in my life that my family didn't correct in their life. And you don't understand the place of success that I, where I stand this morning, Pastor. I've worked. I've done everything. I've applied myself. I, I, I've earned. I'm a self-made man. No, you're I was thinking this week as I was looking at the notes for the message today, and I thought about Noah. And God gave Noah a plan to build an ark. And you know what that ark provided for his family? It saved him. Let me talk to the dads this morning in this building. God gave you a plan for your life and your family, just like he gave Noah. It may not look like... like the plan. It may not be floating this morning. Your ark may be on high center, but I'm telling you, every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord, and that rain that floats the ark can come gushing down on your life. Amen. Think about think about the salvation of his family the day that he got in the ark. Can I just step from the notes this morning and say the day that the ark of safety is loaded and the ship of Zion heads toward heaven. As a dad, this is what I want to look all my kids on board. Are all my kids saved? Did I do my best to take, take them to Jesus when they were sick? Did I teach them to ask Jesus to come into their life? Did I teach them how to take the low road and they'd always win? Are they there? Are they coming up the ramp? Are they, are they on the ark of safety? Listen, we're going to a place where the circle will never be broken. But I'll also have some sad news. Not everybody that's talking about heaven's going to go there. That's the reason I want to be honest with you today. I'm telling you, when we get on that, that ark headed toward heaven, that'll be the last trip going out, and you need to be on that, on that boat because I'm telling you, it's going to... It's going to deck, it's going to park in its place of destination in just a few more days and we'll be home. And we'll rest from the toll and the labor of this life. No more sickness, no more heartache, no more sorrow. And God will be there to gateway to wipe away the tear stain from your eye. I not only thought about Noah, but I thought about Goliath. He had to pick up the right stone as he went by the brook. In days when he was just taking care of the sheep, he was winding up with that slingshot. He was practicing when it, nobody was looking. When nobody was there, he was getting better with that slingshot every day. And the day that Goliath looked at that little lad and he said, do you, do you think I'm a dog? I'm going to feed your carcass to the dogs because he had practiced with the slingshot. Listen to me. We need to practice every day of serving Jesus. No matter whether we feel like it or not, it's awesome just to be driving down the road just say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're with me. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Yes. Yes. 
David turned loose of that, that slingshot. That stone went right directly where God had ordained it and it hit Goliath right there and Goliath hit the ground. A miracle? I say the rest of the Israelites were hiding. But a little boy with a slingshot and one stone. Oh, he'd picked up more, but he didn't need more. God just wanted to show up and show off through a little boy that had the intestinal fortitude to stand against the giant. I was thinking about Jonah. You know, Jonah was a lot like me. He had some, disobe- some disobedience in his life. When God told him where to go, he had a message of revival. He didn't want to go there. And he took another ship the other direction. But I don't care if you're out on the ocean divine. Here's a picture of what God did with a man that was walking of disobedience with a call on his life. He sent a taxi cab after him <laughs> called the Big Fish. And he gave, he gave Jonah a free ride to the shoreline so he could take his message to the community. Don't tell me that the God that we serve is dead. He's alive forevermore. He wants to show up. The Bible says, in fact, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself perfect in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Time is running out. I want to just continue to highlight another item or two. One day God looked down upon the face of this earth And he called an angel aside and he said, I want you to go down to a certain place and you're going to meet a teenage girl and her name is Mary. And here's what the message that I want you to tell her. She's dating a man called Joseph. I want you to tell her she's going to conceive and bear a son. His name will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And she's going to conceive by the Holy Ghost. And when the angel got there and he told Mary what God had said, here's what she said. Oh, let me say some things she didn't say. How can I be pregnant when I've never had sex? How about down at the grocery store? Have you heard the news? Mary's pregnant. She says she had never had sex. Yeah, we've heard that story too. Here's what the teenager says to the angel when he said, Mary, you're going to conceive by the Holy Spirit and you're going to have a boy. You don't have to go pay a doctor to tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be a B-O-Y. And we're going to call his name Emmanuel. She says, according to your word, be it to me. According to your word, how many wish you'd uh, heard the angel a time or two in life when he was said, don't do that, and you went ahead and did it? <laughs> two of us. Everybody else has got innocent faces. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Number two, if you're taking notes. I will not let what I want Rob me of what I already have. I came across 
an article that fits the message this morning, and I wrote it down. I, I didn't have it at a computer. My computer's down at the house, but I wrote it handwrit- by handwriting, and this is what the article said. We tend to forget that happiness doesn't come as a result of getting something we don't have, but rather recognizing and appreciating what we do have. Let that soak in. Oh, it's not. It's no sin to have dreams. It's no sin to have goals. I'm not saying it's no sin to have visions. But I wonder how many of us will take the time this Thanksgiving. Rather than say, God is great, God is good, pass the grub, amen. How many of us will just shut down the busy agenda and say, oh, God. If it wasn't for you, I could be looking out of a jail cell. If it wasn't for you, you've had many opportunities to take me home, and you didn't. And I'm here by the grace of God. Now, Lord, not only would you bless the food to the nourishment of our body, but we just want to pause and say, thank you, Jesus. You're such a good, good father. I hear I'm teaching the kids about good, good father. I hear Jenny lead us in praise and worship on Sunday morning. Good, good father. And I just feel hot stuff running down my cheek as I think about how good my father is, how much work he's put into my salvation, how much he's invested in me so that I can become what he is today. Listen, it's not about going to church. It's about getting in a relationship where he's given everything so we can get there. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9, better what the eyes see than the roving of an appetite. Think about it. Better with what is in front of you than what you're longing for. Whenever we adopt a heart of gratitude, gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. When a cra- what's crazy to think about is it's not happy people who are grateful It's grateful people that are happy. I want to read that to you again. I want you to hang on to your seat. This this is crazy. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people that are happy. Think about what we have. Just a normal person at a country church. Three meals a day, if you want it. Four for some. Some five, but me, just one. From the time I get up till the time I go to bed. One time. Isn't that awesome? We can almost turn that appetite into spirituality, can't we? People alive on this planet today are so blessed. Most of us have a phone that does more than just talk. You can free free time your friend. You can send a signal up toward heaven and it comes back down. And by pushing the button, a pizza shows up on your doorstep. Think about it. There's some people in some deep thought today. Joy, they're going to be a pioneer in the morning wanting one of those smartphones. They like pizza. (laughs) Most of us are so blessed we actually upgrade things that are working. (laughs) Tell pioneer, I'll take a cut of that. It's working, but there's a new, better thing It's working. What we do, we take working things and upgrade it with a better working thing. That's how incredibly blessed we are. Most of us have traveled somewhere 
in the past year or two. Most of you have great friends around you, and yet we live in a world that's so dissatisfied. Closing this morning, gratitude turns us into what we have is enough. It's not happy people that are grateful. Again, it's grateful people that are happy people. And I would recognize every good gift I have because it comes from God. And I will not let what God paid for be robbed from me by the enemy. My last point this morning, and we're closing, and it's now 12.01. If you're taking notes, I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the funeral home hadn't cost, called me this week asking me if I wanted to make res, reservations or get ready for my service. A friend of ours did. He's sick. He's not doing well. And he got a, a home from a funeral home wanting to know if he wanted to come in and make his... Moving on. Don't call me. I know what 4226 rings and ceiling. It's been said that every time we don't turn a blessing back to a praise, it turns into pride. I deserved that. I earned that. I should have had more. God should have given me better and more. I love what David, the psalmist David said in Psalms chapter 63 and verse 4 and 5. I will praise you as long as I live. And your name, in your name, I will lift my hands. I will be fully satisfied, God, because you're my goodness. I'm not wanting anything else. I'm fully satisfied with the richest of foods and the singing lips. And with my mouth, I will praise you. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll perform it. But you've got to pick up the word and you've got to read it to know exactly what the promises are said. But I close with one of my favorite scriptures today. Psalms 63, Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquity, who heals all my disease. I've got to cheat. My memory bank hit delete. Hang on just a minute. Who, who redeems my life from destruction? Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy? Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like an eagle? If I ever meet you and you see something like this going on in the front seat of my pickup. <laughs> The speed of that vehicle will tell you I'm ready to lift off <laughs> because my wings are going to cause me to fly. And it's a promise from the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Who's that? When I'm my weakest moment, they that wait upon the Lord, why should I want to wait, Lord? I'm in a hurry. But those that will intertwine their spirit with the Holy Spirit will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Are you happy today? As Jared comes to close the service, let me ask you to bow your head this morning. As you bow your head, it's just you and the Lord. You forget that I'm speaking today. But I believe he's touched my lips with a coal from the fire this morning.
to speak to all of us. And I tell you this every Sunday, if it doesn't preach to me, you'll never hear the message. But listen to me. Time is running out, but we still have an opportunity. We're going to meet people just like you and I that have fell in hard times. They just can't, things aren't working for them. They need somebody to encourage them. They need somebody to bless them. They need somebody to love on them. I don't think I was ever more blessed than I was when I went to Ronnie Klein Smith's room until he began to lose ground in the last few hours when I would pray for him. He'd say, now I want to pray for you. And tears would stream down my cheek. And I heard a friend of mine say, oh, Jesus, bless Orville today. Give him strength to keep on doing what he's still doing, Lord. And I just thank him. He's my friend, and he came to see me. Listen. It's not just a preacher that meets people like this. You're going to meet people on the job tomorrow. You're going to meet somebody at the grocery store this afternoon. You're going to see somebody that's just needing to hear, hey, listen, God really cares about you. One of the greatest moments of Christmas season last year, one person in this church gave us $2,000 or $1,000. It was, how many tickets was it? 20, 40, 25, $25 tickets. Gift cards. Put in grocery sacks. We didn't just sack groceries. We put some of Jesus into that sack. And it was called a gift. Listen, gifts aren't measured today by how much you can pay for them. Your gift that you've got to offer was paid for by the blood of Jesus. And if you want to stomp out ungratefulness this morning, I want you to get your spiritual shoes on and I want you to start stomping the head of the enemy this morning because he's a liar, he's a thief. He came to kill, steal, and destroy and he wants to rob you of your victory. But I've got good news for you. Let God arise and the enemy be scattered. Stand to your feet, will you? Pastor, it's yours. If you receive the word of the Lord this morning, put your hands together today. Amen. 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 I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm grateful. Now make it personal and say, I'm grateful for you. Do it by faith if you have to. I'm grateful for you. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, I'm grateful for you. Look at somebody. Point at somebody. Point them out. Tell them, I'm grateful for you. How many are grateful for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this morning? Come on, put your hands together. Say, God, I'm grateful for you. Amen.